You're listening to DraftKings Network. Count with me. One, One two, two, three, three four. There's four. a delay. I don't have a delay. Three, two, wait a second. What a burp. No. There it is. Sorry. All right. Three, two, one. I'm Amino Hassan. And I'm Charlotte Wilder. And And this this is is Oddball. Oddball. But first, the headlines. And we begin with James Harden. All right, we already did that. All right, right, moving on. In a nail-biter, Team USA beat Spain in a FIBA World Cup exhibition game days after dominating a Slovenian team missing Luka Doncic. Now, I got to tell you, I'm trying to write a joke for this. was like, there's got to be some Spanish-American war thing here we could do. So I went to the Wikipedia page, started reading it, but then, like, my eyes glazed over and I didn't remember anything. So, you know, all I have to say to Spain is, gracia uh, por... Letting oh. us uh, win. Stop. No. Stop. Ibiza. Stop. Stop. All right. Well, uh, let's just say USA was a real Spain in the ass for for the Spaniards. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be a Spain in the ass? Yes. Team USA is not the only squad boasting a bunch of NBA players as Canada heads to the World Cup with a surprisingly physical addition this year, led by Lugans Dort and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks might be the least Canadian person I know, right? Like, let's take a look at this roster here, right? Kelly Olynyk. See, he makes sense. He looks like a Canuck. R.J. Barrett. Who can't love this guy? He, he looks like he says thank you and please all the time, even when he doesn't need to. Jamal Murray seems a boot right. A boot? That's the writing we have on this show? That's the best Canadian joke you can come up with? Is that Dudley Do-Right? Stop playing. Is he part of Team Canada? See, here's the thing. They're so polite, I could see them not being able to say no to him. Like, yeah, yeah, we got room. Ah, Shea Gildas Alexander. See, he exudes like the perfect balance of ferocity, and politeness. Then you got Dylan Brooks. I mean, well, come on, man. What part of this screams Canadian? What part of this screams maple syrup? No, they should be poutine his ass back on the plane back to America. Am I right? Poutine? So I'm not allowed to make Spanish the jokes, but you can make poutine jokes about Dylan Brooks? Really? I'm just, I'm just reading the notes that the, on the prompter. And by the way, the note underneath it in your font says LOL. Just going to point out that you thought it was funny. <laughs> I did. thought that whole bit was pretty funny. I do a you good do- Bullwinkle impression, by the way. Which one is Bullwinkle? Is he cheese. the moose or the From squirrel? From the cheese factory. He's the moose. Okay. Yeah, it's a, and he when it, he has a piece of paper and it's just, no. It's pretty bad that, like, after I said, is it the moose or the squirrel, and then you said it, and I was like, was that the moose or was that the squirrel? I still didn't know. 
Jason Tatum at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony over the weekend told Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe that Jalen Brown's contract was, quote, much deserved. He went on. It was a no brainer. So I'm happy for him and his family. It's life changing. It's a big deal. I'm happy we're going to have him for however much longer we've got him. I'm happy about that. Hey, Jason, using this chart, please show me how happy you are. And then maybe say it like a few more times. Like a four. It's a four. All right. Here's a little levity in your day. Let's go all the way out to Serbia where Denver Nugget teammates and champions Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic looks like they're having themselves a day at the horse races, Charlotte. You think Jokic loves horses because they also have ridiculous bodies that make no sense and yet they're very athletic? Such beautiful, majestic creatures. Horses ain't bad either. Gordon's making the smart bet. Jokic, that's the horse you want to ride on. No, well, no, I didn't mean it like that. Hold on. Jesus. That escalated quickly. In actual NBA news, the 2023 opening night schedule has been released and will feature the Lakers and the Nuggets, followed by the Suns and the Warriors. Sorry, East Coast. Eat a dick. Nobody cares about you. Uh, everyone's going to be watching this to see Chris Paul face his former team, but I think it's his current one that he's going to have the most to worry about. Oh, I thought you meant the Warriors when you said his former team. <laughs> you see, because they've already yeah. traded him somehow, somewhere in the future. <laughs> a little Chris Paul humor for you. You never make Chris Paul jokes. Are you willing to bet an apology to Chris Paul for everything you've ever said about him? What have I said about Chris Paul? What has he said about Chris Paul? What, Do you have tape? There's more. There's more. If you win, <laughs> these are so dumb. If you win, never have to apologize to any player ever again. If you lose, pucker up for CP3. What? I mean, it's to kiss Chris Paul on the cheek. How are we going to do I that? I don't. I don't. How, think it, tell me how we're going to get. Tell, tell me how Amin is going to kiss Chris Paul on the cheek. Uh, puckering up, I guess, and leaning in <laughs> ever so gently. I don't know. Here's the part. Yeah. I mean, never has to apologize. I, when am I apologizing to players? Fine. Okay. We'll talk Harden. Yeah. Because, oh, I haven't heard anything about this. It's Tuesday, but I got to wait till Oddball comes out for me to know that Harden requested a deal. Uh, got, okay. We'll do it. We'll do the little Harden stuff. Okay. What happened? Uh, Harden, I guess this is at a Shoe Company ev uh, event uh, had this to say about Darren Warren. Darren Warren is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Darren Warren is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Yeah. Dame, take note. That's how you no. make a mess. No, no, no. I mean, yes. the, James yes. Harden is a total, no, he's a total pro. Last time he requested a trade and he didn't get one, everything went totally fine. He was a great team player, complete professional. Nothing's going to go wrong here. Everybody's overreacting. When reached for comment, Daryl Morey had this to say. Vaffanculo, bastardo, mia fregato. That's a callback to last week. Yeah, still don't translate it, kids. I just learned what it meant. And uh, yeah, don't <laughs> Google it. Uh, people forget that when Daryl Morey left the Rockets in 2020, he took out a full page newspaper ad that said, James Harden changed my life. 
Now, Hardin is calling Maury a liar, but that sentence is still definitely true. I mean, how do we think Maury is taking this situation? Tell you what, Charlotte, uh, one of my favorite NBA stories ever is when Gilbert Arenas is sitting in the locker room and he's got the three guns on the chair and Javaris Crittenden walks in, Gilbert, as legend has it, says to Javaris, pick one, at which point Javaris pulled out a gun from his own waistband, cocked it and said, I don't need to pick one. I've got my own. Locker room scatters and don't know if this is true or not, but the legend says that when he cocked that gun and everybody ran away, Gilbert Arenas sat back in his chair and laughed. Yes, even in the face of literal life and death, Gilbert Arenas was so committed to the bit that he would not break, not even with a gun in his head. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that Daryl Morey is cut from that same cloth. And while many other front offices would have scattered and tried to get him out of there as soon as possible, I believe Daryl Morey just sat back in his chair and laughed. Can we play, can we play the audio, the, the clip one more time? Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey was a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Were there people cheering at the end of that clip? Where the hell was this event? Uh, China. Oh. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy. For the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus, a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, so Charlotte, uh, you know, did the show last week and recorded my voiceovers and everything. And I went to Springfield and I was so happy to be part of the festivities to be there for my good friend, Mark Spears, who's going in for the Kurt Gowdy award. And I said, Hey, let me, uh, let me watch Friday's episode of oddball. And lo and behold, my voiceover for the Dirk capsule was replaced with you. Reading my words. How dare you? Where do you get off? Stealing my spot. Taking my stuff. Plagiarizing, I might say. First of all, I did not replace you. I was merely added because I thought the language could be zhuzhed up a little bit. And I think it sounded pretty good. I mean, it was verbatim the same thing. Play the tape. But listen, side by side. 
The master of the one-legged fadeaway, Dirk Nowitzki forever changed the notion of how the power forward position should be played with his perimeter-focused jump shooting attack. The auteur of the one-legged fadeaway, Dirk Nowitzki upended everyone's idea of how power forward should play. A 14-time All-Star and 12-time All-NBA fixture, Dirk was a major part of the transformation of the Dallas Mavericks from league laughingstock to one of the winningest organizations of the 21st century. A 14-time All-Star and 12-time All-NBA player, Dirk was a pivotal part of turning the Dallas Mavericks from a clown show into one of the winningest basketball teams of the past two decades. In international play, Dirk led Germany to a bronze medal at the 2002 World Championships and a silver medal at the 2005 Eurobasket, where he would earn tournament MVP honors. Dirk Nowitzki, welcome to Basketball Immortality. Dirk led Germany to a bronze medal at the 2002 World Championships and a silver medal at the 2005 Eurobasket, which is not, despite what it sounds like, the basketball version of Eurovision. Dirk Nowitzki, welcome to the Hall of Fame. May you haunt the halls forever. Yeah, yeah, you, you changed like three words and they're all like transitional. They, wanna, they didn't even substantively change the, the, the messaging at all. Well, you know, there's only so much you can say about Dirk and only so many ways to say it. Sue me. How was it? How was, don't sue me. I can't afford that. How was Springfield? I mean, it was awesome, man. It's, it, it's always awesome. It's only my second time going, but again, being around everybody and no, it's, it's, it's awesome to see how many people come out for these things. Uh, they try on TV to, you know, capture faces in the crowd. Obviously, when the people giving speeches are shouting out names, a lot of times the TV trucks will cut to those people in the crowd. But there were people that you just didn't see or weren't recognized. I thought Thierry Henry, the great international soccer player, played for France, won a World Cup in 1998. He's great friends with Tony Parker. He was there. Uh, little known teammates like Jan Mahinmi was there. And then, like, for some of these guys, you forget that they've got interconnected relationships. So I'll give you a great example. Michael Finley was there. He played with Dirk for a long time in Dallas. He's a member of the Dallas Mavericks front office right now. I'm thinking, of course, you know, Mike Finley's there to support his guy, Dirk, and be there. Forgot Michael Finley had a whole stint with the Spurs where they won a championship. And he played for Pop and he played with Tony. And so there's a part of it there where, yeah, he's over there. And, and of course, Tony Parker made that great joke about mike i see you you're sitting on the dallas side though but remember we're the ones that got you a ring i love seeing i love hearing that because like my favorite part of the broadcast is when you see who cheers for whom or when they do those little cuts and i thought it was so great how many french people showed up for tony parker he kept shouting out he was like my french people in the back and i was like are these like your family are they your friends are they just random french people who showed up like no i'll give you some exposition uh, I was on Friday night, was hanging out at the little mixer before they did the ceremony where they give out those orange jackets and uh, where uh, my good friend Mark Spears was honored with the Kurt Gowdy Award for print media. Holly Rowe, my colleague at uh, both at ESPN formerly and now at SiriusXM, she got the Kurt Gowdy Electronic Media uh, honor as well. Um, but in that mixer before there, I ran into Boris Diaw and he said, yeah, Tony's coming here with upwards of 150 people. And then one of my friends from Dallas said, I think Dirk has him beat. So uh, both of those contingents came very, very deep. Uh, there were a lot of them there Friday night. There were a lot of them there Saturday night. You could hear them. Uh, and I think, again, that's one of the awesome things 
about the Hall of Fame uh, is it's almost like uh, the, uh, this is your life for all the people who were part of this journey one way or another. I remember in 2018 when I went uh, to go support Steve Nash and Grant Hill and Rick Welts, all people I worked with in Phoenix, uh, as well as guys like Jason Kidd, who I know from around the league, and Ray Allen. Uh, it was it was an awesome experience, and it's awesome to see other people from different stages of their lives all there in attendance. Well, I'm really glad that Tony and Dirk especially had a lot of people there because their speeches were very funny. Like Dwayne Wade's was very moving, mm-hmm. and pop was pop, which we all expected. But I was like, wow, Tony and Dirk like nailed some comedic timing on these things. Yeah, Tony definitely had fun with it. I enjoyed that. I thought Dirk did too, although his was, uh, you know, it bordered a little bit more somber than Tony. Tony was just out there doing stand-up. Pop tried to do stand-up and Pop don't quit your day job, especially the part where he says, uh, you know, there's two reasons. One is a long reason, one is a short reason. And when he gets to the short reason, he points to the four Hall of Famers who brought him up, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and he says, duh, and then walks over to shake their hands. And the orchestra is like, I guess he's done, because duh sounds a lot like done. And so Ahmad Rashad comes on the stage, and Pop has to shoo him away and says, I still got more to say. But I did think there was an interesting thing that happened in Pop's speech that I don't know if many people picked up on it. He made a reference to something that I think flew over almost everyone's head. When he's talking about being blessed to work with great ownership, working for Red McCombs, and then working for the general, and then working for the Holt family, both Peter Holt and now his son, Peter John Holt, and uh, the other children who are now running the Spurs organization. And as he's trying to credit the Holt family, you know, for being great stewards, he said, you know, and I've never had to deal with uh, you guys sending me an out-of-bounds play. And the crowd laughed, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, like, you know, them trying to be micromanagers or whatever. But that's actually a specific reference to one Robert Sarver who would come in the locker room and try to draw plays on the whiteboard. And so, like, that's the kind when people talk about the great organizations in this league, and I know it's passe to call them owners and, oh, well, you know, it's the stars that do everything. And look, I'm not taking away anything from the great men who went out there and sweated and bled and fought their way to greatness. I'm not taking anything from the coaches who organized and and worked on relationships and egos and pulling people together or the training staff that kept people healthy or the scouts that went out there and gave you every single piece of sh- you know, shred of information to help you win. But when I tell you, Charlotte, that you don't get a successful NBA organization without ownership that knows how to stay out of the way, uh, look, all the great ones, Spurs, Celtics, the Heat, all those sustained success places that you see that turn it around in, year in and year out and manage to be great more often than not and fall, stay away from those pitfalls of awful, awful extended amounts of time of losing. More often than not, they have stable ownership that knows when to be involved and when to stay out of the way. And Pop's right. He got to be who he was. Yes, because duh, those four guys, but also because he worked for an organization where the ownership knew to stay the hell out of the way, let the basketball people make basketball decisions. I mean, I've said this, I think, 
a lot. Um, so I don't know if I've said this on oddball yet, but I really think that environment can determine so much more than individual character or individual ability or individual talent. And if you are in a, you know, I think toxic is a word we use too much these days to the point where it's sort of lost what it actually means. But if you're in an environment that is not only not setting you up for success, but actively hindering that, which is what Sarver would do or, you know, Donald Sterling, any of these owners that mm -hmm. you who've gotten ousted. And I know that there are ones who are still doing this who are not ousted, but you know, Jim Dolan. Your, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't want to uh, say, but I'll say it. Jim Dolan. Please still let me go to Madison Square Garden. Um, it's things like that where you just see a total come apart and any success feels like it's despite that and not because it's almost like more impressive when those teams manage to be good because you're like, yeah. oh my God, you were fighting an uphill battle, right? Yeah, and speaking as someone who worked for the Suns at a time where we won 50 games a year and we're going to the playoffs and making deep runs and all that, but like I know... All of that was in spite of our ownership, not because of it and not tangential to it. Um, one other thing I want to highlight there that happened was I, I really liked Dwayne Wade's speech. I thought he had like the most measured and um, deep speech of anybody up there. The, his ode to his parents and his family obviously was great, but I really enjoyed him showing credit and showing love to Allen Iverson uh, as someone who, I mean, think about this. Dwayne Wade played with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Chris Bosh could have easily been his presenter. You know, typically the presenters are someone you played with or someone who coached you. But every once in a while, you get guys who say, no, no, I want this person because this person inspired me. And obviously Allen Iverson, uh, to get his due, and, and this is a guy... Look, I'm so happy that AI gets the love that he gets now because for a long time he didn't. And one of the cool things about Iverson, Charlotte, I think more so than any other retired player, he consistently shows love and appreciation to the players of the game that came after him, whether they're the guys he played against or the guys he, he didn't have any interaction with on the court. He's always praising the game. He's always pumping up the game. You can tell this is someone who loves being a part of the NBA family when so many retired guys tend to do the opposite. Say, well, it was so much harder in our day. And well, uh, you know, you know, these guys, they don't understand and they don't appreciate it or whatever. So much so that uh, I remember when Iverson was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, he's getting interviewed, I believe, by my good friend, Kerry Chow. And Kerry asked him, if you played in today's NBA, how much would you average? And Iverson's answer was, after deep in thought, he said, I don't know maybe as much, if not less. And he was going in with Shaq and Yao, and both of them like visibly reacted like, what do you mean less? And Iverson's thing is like, have you seen how big these guys, these guys are six, eight, and they move as fast as I do. And he just starts breaking down how like the game is not easier now than it was in our era. There are all these different factors that make the game a lot harder and, of course, Shaq would hear nothing of it. Shaq said you would average 50 a game or whatever. Because Shaq is more indicative of what retired players usually feel. They feel like the current era is nowhere near as good as theirs. But here's Allen Iverson. Even on the day he's being recognized for his greatness, giving credit to the, the, the current generation. And so it was really nice. For me, I got emotional watching Dwayne Wade say specifically, I wore number three because of this guy. I wore an arm sleeve 
because of this guy and because of what he represented as someone who came from very, very difficult uh, beginnings to overcome all that and become a Hall of Famer and, you know, an icon in the game. I I got choked up because I also think not only, as you said, Iverson doesn't seem to resent the people who came after him or to be threatened by them. He doesn't seem so insecure that he can't appreciate what people are doing now and have that not affect what he did then. Like, I think that's a thing. It doesn't have to be a referendum on either the past or the future or the present to talk about how it's different. Um, But the fact that Dwayne Wade was also able to give that credit. I think a lot of times people who are that successful or, or, you know, who have an ego in a way that Wade appeared not to, um, I don't know him personally, but for him to say like, Hey, I did this because of you and to honor that person in the moment that's the biggest honor of Wade's career to pay that back was, I mean, I don't think, have we ever seen that before? So sort of explicitly. Well- well, yeah, I mean, we actually saw it in the same on the same night where Pau Gasol had Tony Kukoc present him, and again, he never played with Tony. Yeah, but he said yeah, basically, I guess it's common. yeah, he said it's this is this is why you know I watching him. That's who we wanted to be like. That was the guy, and and you know that was a cool thing as well. I'm sure Tony Kukoc felt flattered and honored to be the one that you know Pau picked to come present him. Uh, one last thing on Wade, by the way. I really enjoyed the caption that Jamel Hill, our uh, co-contributor here at Metal Arc Media, uh, had under her kind of celebration of Dwayne Wade. Um, but the last line, and if we could zoom in on that last line there, talking about I've never thrown up in a better driveway. Jamel, I'm sorry to hit you with this sound, but... And now we play. Look at me, Louis! <laughs> I'd probably brag about that, too. You know you, you know what you did there, Jamel. You're not getting that one past me. That'll do it here for Hotball. That's Charlotte Wilder. I'm Coach. Thanks so much for watching. What was that, like a Muppet? Yep. <laughs> a very disturbed Muppet. That was a Muppet doing Doc Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> waka, waka. <laughs> Cure me. I'm Cure me. Cure me. Cure me. Cure me. <laughs>